Hey guys, it's John here. I just want to give you a heads up about the sound on our latest series. You may hear Lisa go in and out a few times. We had some trouble with our brand new microphones, but are so passionate about getting this content out, we didn't want to wait to release it. Our team is committed to making sure every show is done with excellence, so we just wanted to explain the sound issue that you might hear. Let's get going into this show. Welcome to today's episode of Conversations. I am Lisa, and I am so excited that I am joined by my husband, John, today. And you know what? We're going to be, we're doing a kind of a special episode, aren't we, John? Yeah, and I'm really excited about this one. Lisa, I have to say, I've prayed more and prepared more for this episode than anyone we've ever done. You know what? And I've I've got to see that. And we've had so many conversations around this conversation we're about ready to have. We're going to actually continue the honor sessions, but we, we're not, we're, we're adding a little special one in. So we're hoping you're enjoying the honor reward series, but this is something that just has to be addressed. We're going we're gonna to talk about specifically today, honoring women's role in the church, right, Lisa? Yeah, and this is an incredibly hot topic. Many people in the Christian world have been discussing this, debating it, arguing, name calling, but we need to know what does it look like for women to preach, to lead, to pastor in today's church. And we are going to address this important issue. I'm so excited. So first, I'm going to begin, like we always do, we're going to read one of the listeners' reviews. I love testimonies. Yeah, this is from Willow 2019. She said, I just listened to the podcast about anger. Remember we did that one? Yeah, it was fun. She said, I absolutely love that you opened it up with a story. Totally got my attention. Thank you for being vulnerable and willing to share that you guys had to go on a journey to get where you are today. And then did some teaching and shared the tools to locate the one offense you had never let go of with your mom. That was super helpful. And, you know, I love that she said that you guys had to go on a journey because what we're talking about today even has been a journey for It us. sure has, babe. And what we're going to talk about today, as we said, is women's role in the church as far as speaking, speaking on Sunday morning, speaking in conferences, pastoring. And uh, Lisa, in the prayer that I was doing, I was alone in my hotel room getting ready to minister this weekend, and the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly to me. And he said, son, he said, a pharisaical spirit is trying to silence the voice of my daughters that I have called to make my word known. And let me just address, a pharisaical spirit has been around since the days of Jesus, we see. And it's even before. Yes. Yeah. And the pharisaical spirit, what it wants to do is find one point in Scripture and neglect the overall counsel of Scripture, but it hones in on that one point in order to bring people into control, into the way they think it should operate. Wow. And as I was praying, Lisa... Jesus, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit brought to me. And what's amazing is you said the same thing happened yes. with you. Yeah, the same scripture came to mind. So we weren't which, even which together. Which seemed completely unrelated when it first came into, into my thoughts. Yeah. And so immediately the Holy Spirit brought to me Luke chapter 6. When Jesus and his disciples, they were walking through the grain field, and his disciples were harvesting the grain with their hands. And why would that be wrong? Because they were violating the Sabbath. Yes. And as we know, the two things that really separated Judaism from all other religions was the Sabbath and the circumcision. So this is a serious thing that's happening here. And the Pharisees actually say, why are you breaking the law? Now, when they speak to the law, they're talking about the law of Moses by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. 
But listen to Jesus' reply, Lisa, because Jesus realizes they're trying to hone in on one point in order to bring them under his control, their control, mm-hmm. bring Jesus and his disciples under their control. Jesus replied, haven't you read in scripture what David did when he was with his companions and hungry? He went into the house of God, the temple of God, and broke the law. So Jesus is actually using this by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priest can eat. He also gave some to his companions. Now, let's talk about this. If you go to Leviticus 24, verses 5 through 9, we find that God says you must bake these 12 loaves of bread. And he said they are to be put on the pure gold table, which that was in the holy place. And the only one that could go in the holy place is a Levitical priesthood. And he said, you're to arrange them in two stacks with six loaves. And he said this specifically, the loaves of bread will belong to Aaron and his descendants. Aaron is a Levite. David is from the tribe of Judah. So David is excluded from being in. He shouldn't be touching this bread. And not only David, but all his companions ate that bread, who must eat them in the sacred place for they are most holy. It is a permanent rite of priests to claim this portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Now, what's really interesting is you go several generations later, and you've got one of David's direct descendants, and he is a king of Judah as well. His name is Uzziah. But the Bible says he became proud, and he walks into the temple of the Lord to burn incense. He is confronted by Azariah the priest, and he says, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn the incense to the Lord. That work is for the priests alone. Now, here's David doing something that's for the priests alone. Uzziah is doing something for the priests alone. Both of them are not of the so tribe of the Levi. Difference? Jesus is actually using David's disobedience to the law to set a precedence to say, you Pharisees are drilling down on one point, but you're missing the overall counsel of God's word. Now, it's really easy to so do. So would that be another example of straining a gnat and swallowing a camel? Oh, Lisa, that's beautiful. Straining out the gnat and swallowing the camel. This is exactly what's happening. So what we've got is we've got a lot of men and a lot, even some women who no, have bought no, into no, this. No, no, a lot of women... Yeah. Well, no, I'm going to tell you you why. I'm going to tell you why, Lisa. Did you want to preach when I told you to preach? No. No, you didn't want to do it. And and I want to say why. You know, no daughter of God wants to disobey or dishonor her father. She, if she thinks it's in question, she would rather draw back and not do it then grieve the Holy Spirit, disobey God, dishonor her husband, dishonor the church. And so it took a long time to really, to be honest with you, have many leaders speak into it and, and then actually be able to see the need and search the scriptures. And again, I had all these scriptures of why I should not memorized and drilled down my throat. And, um, and yeah, Okay, so basically, so these let's are, talk. These are, so I just want to—I want to just be clarifying two things. And, and let me say this: these are not a, evil women. Yeah, these are women who love God. Yes, these are women who want to be obedient to the scriptures. They have tender hearts. They want to be obedient to the authority of God. They want to honor the scriptures, and I even believe that some of the men believe the same thing. They think that they are exercising God's will 
uh, with what they're saying and what they're doing. And they're wanting to honor scriptural authority and they're wanting to honor the church. But so let's not, let's, you're Pharisees bringing up a good point. Up in that as well. Let's not lump everybody into one exactly. category. We do have men and women out there that want to put controlling stipulations on people contrary to the overall counsel of scripture. And then we do have people but then that we have sincere people right. who just haven't really prayed this through and understood that why would God contradict himself in several ways? Because and we, yeah, yes, oh, go ahead. And we also have rebellious people that are looking for reasons to not uh, obey God's word or have any authority. They want to throw out all order and all decency. But then we have the people that are saying, I just, I just want to know what God is saying. Okay, let's drill down to it, Lisa. We've got a couple of scriptures in the New Testament that give the fuel to these people that are identifying these couple of scriptures. We have 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 through 15, and we have 1 Corinthians 14, 34 through 35 and 36 and 7. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. Um, well, and people might be unfamiliar with the Passion Translation, so let just a very, very yep, quick love- uh, idea of what it is. So Jesus did not speak Greek. Jesus spoke Aramaic. He didn't Correct. speak Hebrew. He spoke Aramaic. And the Passion Translation is a translation that actually takes a lot of the input from the Greek, but mostly the Aramaic. And so it's, it's kind of a little bit more... Uh, it gives a little bit more insight yeah. to what would have been being said to the people because when he was talking to the crowds, he wasn't speaking Hebrew; he was speaking Aramaic. You know, context changes, uh, words uh, change in meanings, and there are over twelve thousand Hebrew words, and in, and in, and there are only six thousand English words that we have in Scripture. So, you know, I love how. Uh, Brian Simpson, who translated Brian Simmons. Simmons, I'm <laughs> thank you so he's, much. Yeah, he's doctor. actually doctor, doctor Brian. But you know, I mean, I love what he says here. He says the message of God's story is timeless. The word of God doesn't change. While the methods by which that story is communicated should be timely, the vessels that steward God's word can and should change. There is no such thing as a truly literal translation of the Bible, for there is not an equivalent language that perfectly conveys the meaning of the biblical text as it was understood in its original culture and linguistic setting. Therefore, translations can be a problem. The problem, however, is solved when we seek to transfer the meaning, not merely the words, from the original text to the receptor language. Now, I had Rick Renner say the exact same words to me. He said, John, even in the Greek, the word-for-word Greek translations are sometimes not as accurate because Greeks think in phrases. So I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34, out of the Passion Translation. And it really sheds some light on this confusing scripture to some. The women and I'm reading directly from the translation, the women should be respectfully silent during the evaluation of prophecy in the meetings. Now, that makes total sense to me because he's talking about prophesying and speaking in tongues in this chapter. Mm -hmm. So he's not talking about preaching a message. They are not allowed to interrupt but are to be in a support role as in fact the law teaches. If they want to inquire about something, let them ask their husbands when they get home, for a woman embarrasses herself when she constantly interrupts the church meeting. Now, I'm going to read to you the note that's on this Bible translation. 
And Brian writes, implied in the great greater context, the theme Paul is addressing is unity and mutual edification, not simply the role of women. Women are permitted to speak in the church, to prophesy, and to minister the gospel. See 1 Corinthians 11, 2 through 16. Now, that is the one that I turned to this weekend before I read this, and I thought, wait a minute, Paul's talking about a woman prophesying with her head covered in a public assembly and praying in a public assembly. If they can't say anything, how how in the world can she prophesy? And let's just straighten this out. Prophesy means to speak the divine inspired word of the Lord. So now watch this. Paul is apparently prohibiting, and I'm, I'm reading again from Brian's note, Paul is apparently prohibiting interrupting the leaders as they evaluate prophetic utterances. It is likely that Paul was addressing a specific issue taking place in the church fellowship of Corinth with women interrupting the meetings with their opinions and questions about the prophetic words just spoken, possibly even words spoken by their husbands. Now, Lisa, I want to go over to 1 Timothy, and you know what's interesting? Guess where Timothy's pastoring? In the church in Ephesus, which is another Greek church. So Aunt Paul's message to Timothy, let the women who are new converts... Now, this is interesting. Be willing to learn with all submission to their leaders and not speak out of turn. So this is shedding a different light on it. So wait a minute. I I love what you just said, and I think it's important, Highland, is said, be willing to learn. Yes. Why? Why should women learn if their husbands are supposed to just only be the ones that have any kind of role? What is the reason? What is the reason? So really what he's saying is women should be empowered to learn, right? Very good. So then he goes on to say, I don't advocate that the newly converted women be the teachers in the church, assuming authority over men, but live in peace. Now, this is the note that to me answers all the questions. Literally, quietly, and this is again the note in the in the margin, in the context of that day, it referred to women arguing with their male congregational leaders. In the temple worship of Diana, the goddess of of the Ephesian people, it was most common to have female leadership. For the women who converted to Christ, their only cultural context of worship was that of the leadership of the congregation. Paul is telling women to learn in silence means he was instructing them to take a respectful posture of a disciple in this new way of worshiping the one true God. When Paul instructs them not to be teachers, he was apparently referring to their old religious system where it was the women who were the temple leaders and teachers of their goddesses' religion in Ephesus. This entire passage from 1 Timothy 2, 9-15 is arguably one of the most difficult texts to translate in Paul's writings and has a number of of plausible translations and interpretations. However, the translator has chosen to make clear what was implicitly understood by the early Christians in emphasis, making it explicit for those of us from one culture and another error. Now, here is our answer. The Bible, God himself says in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit and your sons and daughters, your men servants and maid servants, are going to speak my divine utterances. You have God saying in Acts 68:11, God released the word, great was the company of women who proclaimed it. You have Jesus sending 
Mary Magdalene to the apostles and telling them about the resurrection. You've got Anna, the prophetess, speaking in the temple. You've got Philip, who has four virgin daughters, who speak under divine inspiration. They prophesy. Where are they prophesying? In in church meetings. And so when somebody comes along and says, hey, women can speak in conferences, but they can't speak in Sunday morning. No, 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 no. That's what the Pharisees did. They started making up these man-made rules. Hey, either women preach or women don't preach. And the overall counsel of scripture, Lisa, is that daughters and women are to speak the word of God. So, you know, it's really interesting. You will hear a lot of people saying things like, but you're, that was the culture of that time. And you cannot use culture to interpret scripture. And they'll say, oh, you're, you're, you know, you can't do that. But here's what I find challenging, John, and, and uh, I'd love to say something and then have you weigh in on it. You know, they are saying, oh, no, 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 only back then then was were the women speaking because it was the new beginning of the church and only back then did women prophesy and and then they're also saying uh, well you can't put that culture you you can't put that on the scriptures but yet it's funny to me the same people that are saying you're using culture to interpret the scripture are using culture to interpret the scripture now because they're saying oh no women can't preach on sunday morning well, where in the Bible does it say that Sunday morning is the only time? Because the early church didn't preach on Sunday morning. And then they'll say things like, women can't be behind a pulpit. Well, there was no pulpits in the early church. It's they man-made went, traditions. They went from house to house, and they met every single day. They broke bread, and they fellowshiped. And so what we've done is we have actually superimposed our culture on the scripture, and then said it's wrong. You know, I reached out because, again, you and I, we want to handle this with uh, care. I reached out to uh, a friend a rabbi. Who, who is a messianic rabbi, and he said, Lisa, context is king. You cannot, you cannot uh, isolate these few New Testament scriptures and take them away from the whole of God's word. Yeah. He said, you can't isolate New Testament from Old Testament. He said, you have to look at the whole council. And, and, and he said, if God yeah. can speak uh, to women, he can speak through them. And again, but I think the whole emphasis here, Ephesus and Corinthians is, let's do this in order. Yeah. Let's do this in order. Let's be submissive because it opens up with that men should not do it in anger. And man, have I seen some anger and pride. That's what it opens up with before it even talks about the women being modest and being quiet. Men are not to have anger when they're ruling and, and praying. There's not to be anger. There's not to be pride. And then it closes out with women will be saved by having babies. So what about the yeah, single well, yeah, women? So if we're going to take this literal that women cannot preach, then no woman can be saved if she doesn't have a baby. And so if we're Boy, you, here's the no but here's the thing about here's the thing about the law. If you're gonna live under the law, you have to live under all you the keep law. The whole law. Yeah, you can't pick and choose. If you're gonna use the letter on the verse before, you have to use the letter on the verse after. So we have to say, well, if people say, oh, but you were talking about the, the temple of Diana. That what it was about. Well then you just put a cultural context on that. So if you're gonna put a cultural context on the end of First Timothy, then you have to put a cultural context 
on the preceding verses. You as know, well. Lisa, we're at twenty minutes right now, and we normally do right around fifteen to twenty minutes. And That's I'm just how important. Near, I'm not near finished talking about this because I have so much more in all this time of prayer. John's passion. So I am. I'm very passionate, and um, I think Lisa. I, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna end by saying this. Um, I got more passionate when I heard the Holy Spirit say, a pharisaical spirit is trying to shut the mouths of my daughters. And I realized how how strongly God felt about it. Mm -hmm. And I think we're doing ourselves a great disservice because we are trying to silence over 50% of the church. And we're going to talk more about this in our because we're going to another part. I know we're going to have to figure this out on our schedule, but I'm not near done talking about this. So daughters, can I say, I'm... I, I really believe I'm in a role of being a father in the church. I want to encourage you, if there's a call in your life to preach the gospel, then please, you are being affirmed by a father in the faith, and you are being affirmed, more importantly, by the scripture that you are to proclaim God's messages as Philip daughters, as the, the army that God talks about in Psalm 68, as God talks about through the prophet Joel, you are empowered to preach, and don't you let any man shut your uh, voice up because of pulling a couple scriptures completely out of context to the rest of the counsel of the Word of God. So, Lisa, let's close this up. I've been talking too much. Yeah. No, I, I mean, hey, it's good. You know, and, and we're going to be addressing something that kept coming up. Do strong women make men weak? We are going to talk about that because... Wow, we are not supposed to get our strength from one another. We're supposed to get it from God. So super excited, John. Guess what? All access one month free trial to podcast listeners only. So if you want to get a hold of that, that, I know this is where you go. You go to messengerpodcast.com backslash all access. Now let's explain what what is all access. So all access is all these amazing courses. We have everything from boundaries and relationships to studying the word of God, to foundations, to moms of men, to calling, honor. There's, there's There's, actually, there's a plethora of courses. There's a renew. I mean, there's so much. I don't even remember all there is, uh, but it's, it's incredible. And you, you can try it out for a month that you could be super diligent and go through everything that would probably require that you did it every single night. But yeah, here you go. And then also we want to encourage you to subscribe and share, take a screenshot on Instagram or reshare this post on Facebook. You never know who you may get, you know, to actually listen that really needs help. There's so many people that have questions or looking for answers and I'm going to just say it again, we are so honored that we have had over, I think at this point, 5 million downloads. So that's crazy. That and is crazy. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, you're going to actually hear a John Bevere be incredibly passionate. This has been Lisa <laughs> and the passionate John Bevere on Conversations. We love you. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review. And be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can also connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time.